This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. already talked about this movie like several times because I think we talked so much about how miserable it was <laughs> we've talked this is true we've talked about it obliquely I was wondering where you were going with that but yes in other episodes kind of like the movie <laughs> in other episodes we have talked about how the second half of the season kind of hits a low point for us. And as much as I had so much disdain for Pandorum, Apollo 18 was a true low point for me in this season. <laughs> the lowest of lows. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we couldn't help ourselves. We we had to chat about this on the phone before this episode, too, because we were both just so like, why? Why was this so bad? Why, guys? Anybody out there know? it's not critically acclaimed it's was generally panned the concept is decent it's not like they were making jason x and they and they knew they were starting with garbage no they had a concept which i think is pretty solid but i think that it commits like one of the biggest movie sins for me at least which is it was boring it took this great concept and it just sucked all of the life out of this concept. I read the description thinking, oh, this is going to be really exciting. This is a really cool take on a very classic conspiracy theory, which is, you know, it has to do with the moon, right? So did we actually go there? Well, now it's taking that conspiracy theory in a totally different direction and saying we did go there. We went there an extra time. And had an interaction with aliens. And it sounds really cool, I think. I think it's a it's a really good idea for a movie. But there's one thing they do to ruin it all. <laughs> I just feel like they... I don't know if it was too many elements or the elements weren't deployed properly. The pacing of the movie was really challenging. It's not a long movie. Um, I was like, oh, this movie is going to be tight. It's going to be like a quick, like found footage. That's the big thing with this movie, right? It's a found footage movie uh, around this conspiracy theory. There's actual like space scenes. I thought it was going to be super cool. And it just squandered. <laughs> it squandered all of these things that could have made it like pretty incredible. Yeah, this movie needs a remake by a different team. A totally different film crew. <laughs> but also it doesn't need a remake because it's not worth it. Ugh, it's so frustrating. And it only came out 10 years ago. It came out in 2011. Yeah. It's just one of those stinkers, you know? Like, sci-fi is kind of hard to get right. Horror is kind of hard to get right. This is a combination of the two. 
didn't quite get it right. Yeah, I think we need a summary of this of this goofy movie. It is goofy. Uh, this movie takes place in 1974. The last few missions in reality uh, under NASA were canceled due to budget concerns and constraints. And so in reality, there never was an Apollo 18 mission in, in truth. This movie is positing a uh, via conspiracy theory docudrama found footage style that the Apollo 18 mission did actually occur and was a covert Department of Defense mission uh, to go um, go to the moon. So three men, uh, Walker, Gray, and Anderson, um, are going on this covert mission to the moon, uh, ostensibly because they're trying to uncover if the Russians um, have these missiles that are causing interference um, uh, that's being picked up on the moon. Uh, While there, um, they're recording themselves, they're taking photos, and uh, through the course of their mission, uh, things go awry, things start to get real bad um, because the moon is not quite what it seems the mission is not quite what it seems and the uh the the kind of spoiler to this is that it's aliens of course it's aliens right it's either aliens it's either aliens or russians <laughs> either way it's a monster <laughs> i know the big baddie soviets right although the soviets get it in this movie so nobody is safe except for the rock aliens that we have and kate i was actually able to remember all the characters names um because i saw this movie three times it's <laughs> so much for this movie <laughs> way overkill <laughs> oh <sighs> yes there aren't a ton of characters no, there's just Ben Anderson, mm-hmm. uh, Nathan Walker, and those two are the ones actually on the moon. Now, I want to clarify that I'm, I'm doing this on purpose. Um, there is John, who is back on, ooh, is it Freedom or Liberty? I think Freedom. It's one of them. Yeah, I think Freedom is the, the actual ship, and then they have like a little like lunar transport guy named liberty yeah something like that yeah one or the other john gray is on that and he is sort of like their their communication between houston and the dudes on the moon and then there's tommy who's back in houston talking to them Mm -hmm. we have our department of defense goon who is like (laughs) you guys are doomed sorry and our dead cosmonaut from russia and the aliens are are unsung heroes of the film. You got them all. I did. That's everybody. <laughs> That's I'm so truly, proud of myself. Truly is. Yeah. I, it took me three times to get it all because, like, these guys all look the same. They really uh, do. I was. <laughs> I was. As I do after I watch movies, I Google it. I was looking at some of the on-set photo tape things and some of the set peripherals or whatever and i was like these are the same three white men like they just took like these brothers these little triplets and they just put them in space in this movie yeah and i mean they all have the same haircut they're all white they are all like the same build 
It's very much that early 70s like military aesthetic. Like I I could buy that they were astronauts. Like they they very much look like styled after the like Buzz Aldrin's of the era. Yeah, I I think that the movie did a good job of making you believe it was of that era. Um I thought the the footage of them hanging out with their wives at a barbecue seemed very authentic. Um, I agree. The stylings, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was about it. I I really, 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 really like in movies or TV shows, whatever, when it is kind of the beginning of a new era, and you can see in the set and wardrobe choices that it is edging into that new era, but there's still a lot of people who are wearing clothes or fashions or or styling their house in the previous era and I really picked up on that in the barbecue footage at the beginning um, because it's not like you are dropped into 1974 and like every single person is wearing like tie-dye and bell bottoms Mm -hmm. it's like yeah there are some people who still look like vaguely like 60s-ish because people are like not on like the super trends of the 70s at the time so it was like a little like piece at the beginning of the movie where I was like, oh, good job. Like you're doing the right thing in terms of like set design and like character design. Yeah, I think that was probably the most believable of the found footage in this film <laughs> was that barbecue scene. That is I, probably uh, true. <laughs> I, I hated the found footage. The way they the way it was used in this movie really bothered me. I I think the only believable part of this found footage, which isn't even can't you can't even really attribute it to the found footage concept, but the establishing of their relationships together, uh, you know, on this mission and with their families, that that felt very believable. You know, the way they're chatting with each other and and tossing jokes around. Um, I thought that uh. I thought that the jalapeno dick conversation was pretty funny. I thought it was really sweet how Ben was listening to his tape. Um, I think it was just music, right? And his kid just had had borrowed it and recorded himself chatting over it, you know. So that's like the last thing he'll ever hear um, his kid say to him. And I, I thought that was that was pretty sweet. I'm grasping at straws here. Yeah, I think that there are some okay moments in this. It just didn't feel like very compelling because there was no suspense. There was a lot of bad stuff that happened. The found footage here was a little tough to get into um, because of the aspect ratio, for one thing. So it's mm-hmm. it's all assuming that we're um, watching footage found from a home video or what was recorded on the ship or or during their moonwalks. The aspect ratio is like a is like a tight like four three, and then occasionally they'll break out of it if there's like a photograph or something that they want to zoom into. But it just isn't it doesn't make for a very enjoyable watching experience. I can't imagine watching this in theaters. I was thinking the same thing. Like we're watching this almost like square on the screen you're just wasting all of my 72 inch screen <laughs> yeah <laughs> tons of wasted space tons of wasted space and then the f- the film quality so they really turned up 
the like Photoshop grain effect oh, on it. Yeah. Like the quality was terrible and it was blurry, shaky. It just, you could tell from the beginning, like, oh, we're supposed to be watching this thing that takes place in the 70s. And then it proceeds to beat you over the head with that by like, look at how hard it is to look at this movie. Yeah, it's constantly like flickering and has evidence of like film decay all over it. But what drove me bonkers was that I could tell. I could tell it was a filter. It didn't Mm -hmm. look like authentic 60s, 70s film footage. It just looked like somebody put an Instagram filter over totally normal um, film to me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm I think it looked best when they were on the moon. I think that's when it looked the most believable because they're far away. It's also blurry. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's it's crisp footage with a filter over it at that point. It it looked the most real. But every time they're on the ship, when they're when they're sitting at the desk interviewing with the camera, I was like, All right, this is breaking the fourth wall for me. I can't I cannot believe that this is supposed to be real found footage. It was a really strong aesthetic choice to make. I don't think it was the right aesthetic choice to make in this movie, especially because they just didn't invest the money into making it look authentic. Like if you're going to do it and you're going to be like, this is my movie that I'm putting out, like, and you want it to look authentic, I would imagine that you would put the money into trying to make it as authentic as you could. The budget was only $5 million for this movie, which is pretty lean. Yeah. Well, it was pretty inexpensive to stage a landing on the moon, so it makes sense. <laughs> I I wonder why why did they stick to the found footage genre? What do you think they got out of it? I I immediately just attributed it to lazy writing and writing the curtails of some other found footage successes. Obviously Blair Witch was a while back, but um, Paranormal Activity, I think that had been a recent film. I think semi-recent. Yeah, I think it came out a few years before, but Paranormal Activity, man, that movie is really solid because it's all all security camera footage and it feels like security camera footage. It's, that's a really good, like, just presenting the footage, whereas this one, it goes in the conspiracy direction where at the yeah. top of the movie, you know, they kind of make you feel like this is a conspiracy. And then there's that like um, bee sting at the end, right? Where they're like, mm-hmm. go to this website. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I would love to own that website. I don't know what I would do with it. What should we do with it, Kate? Should we go buy it? We should direct people on that site to other better found footage movies. Or just our (laughs) podcast. Oh, yeah, that too. I mean, all of the above. Uh, Oh. The director in interviews, um, while promoting this movie, he tried to do the Blair Witch marketing tactic by saying like, no, no, this is... This isn't fake. This is found footage. It's totally real. I'm just trying to uncover the conspiracy. And I just, it's so frustrating that that's the take that they 
decided to go with for this one because it's tw- it's 2011. Like we're all very yeah. familiar with the internet by this point. It makes no sense to try to pass this off as real, especially if you're going to reference a website and then not buy it and do something with it. Like this, what is it, lunartruth.org that they try to <laughs> yeah. sell us at the end? Yep. Of course, that's the first place you and I went and it's for sale. It's There's nothing there. There's nothing fun done with that. You know, it just feels very lazy to me. And, and that's what I think happened. I think they were like, hmm, how can we make this Apollo 18 mission make sense without altering history? And it's like, guys, just do an alternate version of history. Just just do yes. the Apollo 18 mission without the found footage. Right. It's fine. Or so something I found really frustrating with this is in Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, for example, they just present the footage there's nothing like really done to the footage in this movie the film does that documentary style like focus in where it zooms in um, outside of the cavern where some of the rocks are moving and it does that like highlight spot where then like it like it like lightens that area and then everything else mm-hmm. is in vignette, right? So that it's like dark. So it's like drawing your attention to it. And I was just like, man, if you're going to do this like documentary style, like highlighting of things in the background that we need to be paying attention to, like make this an actual like faux documentary. Like that could have been really interesting to like have talking head style interviews with people who like was a friend of a friend of someone who knew one of these guys who went on this mission or you know like something like that like they had like one toe in and like the rest of their body out on like how they wanted to handle the found footage and I just I didn't like it yeah and also the aliens made noises (laughs) did you notice that (laughs) in the silence of space (laughs) These, these far away found footage cameras were able to pick up little like scuttering yeah, this, buggy noises mm-hmm, that these mm-hmm. alien rocks made. And I was like, you guys have to be fucking kidding me. Lazy, I think, is the right word for this. And I think that that's why it feels like tiresome to watch. Like, I mean, there's plot here, I guess. Um, the The <laughs> plot is really like two guys are on the moon. And they think that their mission is one thing. Their mission is actually aliens. Guys got to deal with aliens. That's that's the plot of the movie, right? But when I was watching it, I I wrote a note to myself that said, movie has very little plot and makes scant use of it. And I said that 38 (laughs) minutes into this movie, 38 minutes into a like, hour and a half long movie that's most of the movie like you that's a big chunk it's a large I I was watching this and and like by this point in the movie like we'd seen the um dead cosmonaut and our attention had been like drawn to like oh there's like maybe little footprints like around that don't really make any sense but the guys just kind of seem like huh that's weird like they're there's like there's not a response to it in these characters that feels like warranted until it's like things are way too late 
What also drove me nuts about this conspiracy theory is that it's trying to lean on things that really did happen, uh, like our moon rock gifts that mm-hmm. went missing. There were, there, there truly were some missing um, moon rocks that the United States gave to other countries, um, probably, you know, sold for tons of money or stolen, whatever. There has never been any inkling or or story to go along with this idea that some of those moon rocks might have been aliens. You know, there's no there's no telltale story of like a a moon rock going missing and then a nation comes down with some sort of disease or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. an outbreak or anything weird like that right and so this movie is just relying on in a way the entire globe being in on this conspiracy theory and I think conspiracy theories like that are well I don't like conspiracy theories to begin with (laughs) they kind of drive me a little nuts but on top of that like this is just way over the top. It gives so much, I don't know, credibility to our leaders across the the world. Like mm-hmm. guys, we can't get we can't get universal health care. Like what makes you think our government like can cover something like this up with every other nation on the planet? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they did not need to bring that in. I mean, it's kind of fun like if if maybe if something had happened back on earth with those moon rocks other than them being missing, you could tie that in, but it it it's like they're trying to create their own conspiracy theory to get people to like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it felt very like if I was 14 and had seen this, I would mm-hmm. be like Oh wow, like I don't know, it just felt so superficial like to when there's when there's so many other better movies and better honestly conspiracy theories to make movies about. Uh have you seen Room 217, the Stanley Kubrick uh conspiracy documentary? No, please tell me about it. It's about I'm assuming it's about the overlook. It is. So it's about The Shining. Yeah. Um, and it's a documentary. Kate's favorite. It, it, my true favorite. The Shining is my all-time favorite. Uh, oh, man. I haven't watched it in a minute. I want to watch it again. Uh, anyway, um, it is a documentary about people who have really out there conspiracy theories or just fan theories about the movie or Stanley Kubrick. and. I don't want to spoil it because it's so interesting to watch. It's a really, really interesting like movie to watch. I would highly recommend it uh, because people just see what they want to see. There's like all of these things that you can like point out and be like, oh, like there's moon stuff and there's space stuff all over this oh movie. God. If you really look for it. And this is Stanley Kubrick like admitting to the audience that he faked the moon landing. That 10 minute segment in that Room 217 documentary is more interesting than this entire movie is. <laughs> oh my god that that description makes me weep for humanity i hate conspiracy theorists so much i i just you know it's 
is an interesting take on this concept. I think that they could have done more with it. I <laughs> another critique I had of it was we we have one ending to this movie, which is um, everyone dies, and <laughs> yep. Every, yeah, every, everyone dies, Happy and, it's, ending. and it's covered up because it's a conspiracy. So, of course, they shot four more alternative endings on top of that. So there oh are to- there are a total of five possible endings to this movie, and I what was just like, endings? I was like, you gotta have some conviction. Like, do, don't write a movie and not know how to end it. That's like the I I just felt like that was such an indicator that this movie was not well thought out. No, five endings for this. Yes, this movie does not deserve <laughs> five endings. Do you, what were they? Um, in one of the endings, Anderson is in the LK with the aliens trying to break in when an alien breaks the window of the, and this is the, the Russian um, little transport, and, and kills Anderson. Okay. I mean, in all of them, they die, but they die in different <laughs> ways. In one of them, Grace survives and actually, oh. and actually makes it back to Earth. Um, and this is probably the most controversial of the endings. So most of the endings, they die. In this one, okay. the, uh, oh, that guy who's the Department of Defense guy. Um, yeah, our goon. Yeah, our goon. Um, he, he reveals that the astronauts were intentionally sent to the moon to get infected so that, oh, rude. So, that they could, so that the U.S. could study the alien venom to use against the Soviets. Hmm. So, like, that's, like one alternate ending there's no way that they could have included that in their found footage like how would they have had no. found footage of that confrontation why no. would they even shoot that right <laughs> well that was another problem i had i mean there's a crash at the end as we talked about and what happens to all that found footage like why why does it still exist how do they retrieve it like yeah yeah it's a mess everything's a mess um Five endings. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking that too, you know, like at the end, why don't they want to bring them back? Like, what is the point of sending them there and then getting nothing from it, right? Like Mm -hmm. bring them back and quarantine them and be uh, grotesque once they get home. Don't let them see their families ever again. You know, be as dark as you want. But like, why wouldn't you bring them back and try to study them? It seemed odd to me. Right. I feel like the conspiracy... Yeah. Yeah. The conspiracy could have been stronger if they'd actually stuck with maybe one of those endings where it's like, yeah, no, they were sent there intentionally to maybe bring back these aliens or to get infected themselves and come back. And but instead, they're like, no, the moon rocks are aliens and we (laughs) give and we give the moon rocks to delegates. And now there are aliens all over our planet, I guess. I guess.
I think that there are some okay moments in this. It just didn't feel like compelling as a horror movie because there was no suspense. There was a lot of bad stuff that happened. Yeah. And then like even more bad stuff. And then some really bad stuff. And then it gets even more bad at the end. And then everyone dies. <laughs> right. Like that that does happen. But I just it was like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching this for my podcast. <laughs> I was watching it and I mean you you watched it so many times, but I just could not get over how they they weren't able to build any suspense. Even in moments that I felt like should have been incredibly suspenseful, there was only one there was only one moment in the film where I thought, oh, this is interesting. And it was because it directly reminded me of a better movie using the same technique. <laughs> which which was when um they're investigating the uh that cavern and he is using the the camera's mm-hmm. flash effect to try and uh bring some light into there. And so that that effect very effective to, you know, the the flash you could hear the flash noise, which you're in space. So again, you shouldn't come on, guys. <laughs> but you can hear the flash and you see the, the the bright light. And then that's where they discover the cosmonaut, right? The dead cosmonaut in there. Um, and yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is this is good. Like, keep doing more of this. And that directly reminded me. Did it remind you of Saw? Also, yeah, a little bit. Uh, after you after we were chatting about it for a bit. Um, and you brought that up. I was like, oh, yeah. But Saw did it better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they did, when yeah. When he gets kidnapped, yeah. I, there must have been a movie. No, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to give Saw a lot of credit here and be like, maybe Saw was one of the first movies that used this effect <laughs> in horror movies. Probably not. I just don't have, like, an example offhand of anyone who's done it earlier than that. But in recent memory, like, that effect was used really well in that movie, and so when I saw it here, I was like, oh, yeah, this is like tried and true. Like, this is a good way to build suspense. Even when they start kind of directly interfacing with the aliens later, I was just like, all right, we get it. <laughs> yeah, that was my my jump scare of the movie, seeing the um, the dead cosmonaut. And, and he kept taking pictures. And I was like, stop it. Stop taking pictures. It's so <laughs> scary. Like, you don't want to see that. And then, you know, you catch these little glimpses of the rocks around him moving with the flash, Mm -hmm. right? And I remember thinking, oh, it's too soon to be showing that much. Like, it was like the whole ground lifted up. Mm -hmm. um, And and like everything was moving. It was it was really gross looking. But I say too soon. Now, time stamp wise, no, it should have been building. Uh, some suspense at that point in the movie but I say too soon because I just did not care yet I I just had (laughs) such a hard time caring in this movie it's hard to connect to the characters I Mm -hmm. I think that the danger feels like underplayed for a lot of it there's Maybe because it seems like they're on a routine mission and they've got another guy up there who can come get them if they need to. They've got their own ship. There's also a Russian ship that's out here. So, like, it feels like there's outs for these guys. But with the aliens themselves, maybe because 
there's so much emphasis on how they're just little rocks moving. You're like, how bad can these guys be? They're just little rocks moving. <laughs> yeah. Until they grow their like crab legs and, and get inside your suit. That that shot of the rock spider thing, whatever it was, inside his suit was very clear. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Uh, the way it moved felt, well, it was obviously CGI. You know, it, it moved in a way that was different. The quality of its movement was different than theirs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem like either of them were taking it seriously enough. So Nathan Nathan is the one with it in his suit and he gets back on the ship and he all of a sudden doesn't remember saying he had something in his suit. Ben somehow missed it. it I mean it felt like he was looking right at him. Right. How did he miss it? How like <laughs> I he it looked like he was watching it happen and then he's like, yeah. "Well, I guess nothing happened." Like he just like moves you on. You said you had something in your suit, not like I saw something in your suit. Right. You know, it it was weird. The camera work in this movie was weird in general. Sometimes I had a hard time telling who was controlling what camera and it felt like there were just extra cameras. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that was just me, but I had a hard time keeping up i i did too and i think it's it was stretching imagination with how much these guys could be filming themselves especially in this type of situation that's a little hard to believe that they're here for a fairly routine mission and they're going to record everything that they're doing even their downtime the the premise just didn't really hold and i think that it complicates it when you've got these scenes of them dealing with the aliens and suddenly you're seeing like all these shots <laughs> of like something yeah. happening and you're like oh okay like you're not really committing to the bit here i thought that the spider crab rock alien on his face in the suit um could have been compelling it was okay I can appreciate like a slow descent into madness, although it seemed like it started to take effect pretty quickly on him because like he was in denial like right away that there was something in his suit. So that was interesting. And then he comes back. He understands Mm -hmm. what's going on and he knows that there's aliens. So it's like they kind of started this descent into madness and then changed our mind. Right, because they want to get it. They want to get the rock out of him. He's like, oh, I've got like this. In, like they see that he's bleeding. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, we got to get that out of you. Right. So so then just the rock physically being there caused that. I like, guess. It's not. <laughs> it didn't leave behind some sort of serum or get into his brain it was just literally having a rock in my body makes me forget that I had a rock in my suit or I mean they didn't explain it but now that we know that one of the alternate endings is like them studying this alien venom is like maybe it like bites them or something although I don't I don't think we see them bite do we I mean we just see it crawl inside of his skin Mm. You know, I mean, it's under his skin. So, but, you know, removing the alien doesn't remove the venom. So right. why doesn't he? I mean, he continues getting sick. That that does happen. Yeah. Like he starts to look like shit pretty his, fast. Uh, but His eyes get all weird. 
and like yeah his face starts looking real bad yeah yeah but he understands that they can't go back to earth he understands it's a problem like that he could spread this he's not like delusional like the way he forgot that he had a alien in his suit Mm -hmm. and then later in the movie so so he he like tells ben leave me behind leave me behind okay finally that happens he like kind of goes off and and gets pulled into some crater by the aliens. Right. But then he comes back at the very end of the movie and he's like, no, let me on the ship. I want to go back home. And it's like, yeah, where did that come from? It's like, oh, now it's, it's like now it suddenly took over his whole brain. Like, is he just stuffed full of like rock aliens now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like if he gets cut, is it just gonna like pour out rock aliens? Oh my god, that would have been so cool, Kate. Like if he just like opened his mouth and they just went everywhere. Oh, that would something. have been disgusting <sighs> and so good. A waste. Fuck. Yeah. Why don't we that like write at least something? made some sort of weird sense? You know. I know. Just like oh, he's like really possessed by these things, and that's why he's yeah. he's acting even crazier now than he was before. Rock man. Isn't it funny how capricious these little aliens are, though? That they're just like, mm, we're gonna take your flag. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you don't belong here, bozo. Get out. <laughs> and like they like. They know to, like, destroy some of the, like, cameras and, like, monitors. Yeah. Like, they're smart. Wow. They're smart little rock creatures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we can't say dumb as a rock anymore because these aliens are pretty smart. Yeah, we're going to start saying the phrase smart as a rock alien <laughs> <laughs> instead. <laughs> Smart as a rock alien that gets brought back to Earth and does nothing when given as a gift to our friends. <laughs> Very weird. I felt so bad for Anderson. So bad for Anderson. I mean, that he's not infected and Houston's just like, well, we think you are. So you got to stay on the moon. <laughs> he does at the end. At the very at the end, very like, end, he does. But yeah, prior, but he, prior to that, he's like, I gotta get back. Yeah, yeah. Like he's trying, he's trying to get to that Russian transporter, right? Because they crash theirs, or the is the aliens like the aliens like mess with theirs and it makes them crash, right? Uh, yeah, it's like interference. That's what the interference is, it's, right? It's these goofy rocks. Yeah. So, like, what's the right thing to do here? Should we have even investigated this? Like, how how else should NASA have handled this search party? <sighs> Telling the guys, maybe. Like, I think that if you're going to send people to a place to investigate something unknown and deadly and organic, like, you're going to want like your normal movie crew of people, which is like, you're going to want your military guy. And you're going to want your biologist, who's always a lady, always a lady biologist. And then, like, <laughs> some other people to just try and, like, hunt the thing, you know? Like, it makes me think of... Um, Annihilation? Annihilation, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, it's good. I liked it. It's freaky. Okay, good. I mean, looking at the cover of it, I didn't really see the preview. I, I don't go to the movies that often. I usually watch movies at home. And so I don't catch a lot of trailers um, because I, I just never really got into doing that. I, I should. 
But, uh, you know, I just look at the poster and I it's just her with her back turned and a bunch of people. What with like little space guns or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, OK, an action movie. I don't really feel like doing that. It's pretty trippy. I would watch so, it. OK, yeah. good. Yeah. I will. Oh, I do see a little like werewolf face in the back. Yeah, it's it's All good. Right. Yeah. So Annihilation is the like you want that kind of crew to to go and like deal with your aliens like people who are like we're scientists but we've also got guns <laughs> yeah like in alien like an alien yeah Although they're not really scientists they're like truckers still, they've yeah. Got guns. yeah yeah it seemed weird to me that they're just sending in these you know well two dudes to go check out the moon and then once they get infected or collect some rocks it just the plan falls apart like there's no backup plan in case these guys get sick no nope, um, I guess not I I don't that seems like a huge waste of money and of course these guys I, yeah I think you're right like if you're gonna send people out you want them to be in the know mm-hmm. because you don't want them to sabotage anything and that's what these guys do as soon as they get sick of course. Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I it's mean. like NASA and the writers of this movie got together and, and were like, <laughs> let's make this the most terribly thought out mission and movie. That's the real conspiracy. Yeah. It was the conspiracy to Thanks trick some NASA. people out of their movie to get money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else we want to talk about? Well, I think we should talk about you watching this movie only once and me watching it three times <laughs> because <laughs> the, the first time I watched this. Okay. So the first time I tried watching this, I fell asleep to be fair. I had to rewatch it because it was so goddamn boring. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So like you and I got a pretty authentic first viewing, right? It's not very good. Like, um, if I had to judge this movie based on the one time I watched it, I, yeah, it wouldn't have been rated very high. But what my assumption was, Kate, that, oh, it's just not good because you missed something. <laughs> it can't be, it can't be this boring. So I watched it once more because I needed to make sure I actually watched the whole thing through without falling asleep. And it was still not very good. And I was still confused about who the characters were because they all look the same. And by the third time I watched it, I was like, okay, never need to see this again. But it's not as bad as I thought it was. Like, I would have probably rated it somewhere around 40%, not 20%. I watched this movie one time and I will never watch this movie again. Smart. (laughs) And I think that it's totally valid to watch a movie once and come away with it with an opinion i have read that some movie critics will watch a movie once and then write their review of it because most movie going audiences will only ever watch any given movie once unless it's their all-time favorite like i don't think that a lot of people are interested in giving movies multiple shots especially if they're not that great (laughs) especially if they're Apollo 18 and so 
in my view, and I, I've done this quite a bit with Not Quite Dead, where Megan will watch a movie a couple times and then I'll watch it once. You know, if it's been a while since I've seen it, uh, I'll maybe give it a refresh watch. But I like to hope that a movie can stand on its own with one viewing, that the characters are memorable enough, that the plot is gettable from the get-go. You know, even if there's a twist, I would hope that the movie was laid out in such a way that you can you can realize like, oh man, all this stuff was leading up to this twist. There are some movies that reward you for watching it multiple times, like, you know, a lot of Christopher Nolan like movies like The Prestige, where you get more the more you watch it. But if you only watch it once, it's still a pretty like powerful movie. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of why I land on watching things once and then kind of formulating an opinion about it. Yeah, I, and I think that makes you more of an authentic viewer to this movie um, than me. And and a lot of times I am watching rewatching movies specifically for this podcast multiple times to make sure I understand everything. Because I don't know if you guys can tell by now, but I'm a little slow. A lot of things go over my head. <laughs> you gotta stop I forget saying a lot that. of names. <laughs> it's 2021. I, mean, <laughs> be, I know. Be confident. <laughs> I mean, I'm confident. But also, I know my limits, right? I just, I forget things. So that's that's usually why I rewatch a movie. In this case, I thought, it, it, there's no way it's this bad. <laughs> and I can have to watch it a third time to make sure I wasn't really missing anything. And I wasn't. Um, but uh, rewatching it a few times, it's almost like, it's almost like I was groomed to like it a little bit better. <laughs> I think that exposure. I think exposure breeds familiarity, and it makes you want to like something because it gives you more chances to connect to it and bond with it. I mean, I have movies that I love truly that I rewatch all the time. That I watch at least a, a couple times a year, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot. I love watching movies so much, though, that if something is just okay from a first time. There's got to be a really good reason for me to rewatch it. Otherwise, I I would just prefer to watch something new. Yeah. And that's sort of that's that's what I tried to do a lot of in between our seasons. Um bunch of one and dones. Yeah, because I I you know, I do spend a lot of time watching movies over and over again while we're recording. Um and I'm running out of time. I'm 36, you know. My life's like <laughs> half over. I got to watch more movies so many movies out there so yeah I wouldn't recommend re-watching this movie maybe not even watching it the first time but if you want to get more out of this podcast episode maybe maybe watch it for that reason it's only an hour and a half <laughs> it's very true we also have our segment to do which I was being incredibly obstinate while I love it going through our segments so I apologize in advance for being a brat (laughs) yes let's start with your bratty LVP (laughs) all of the crew members (laughs) Kate hated every single one of them I I wrote out my notes immediately after watching this movie and I was so thoroughly unimpressed that I was like you know Walker gets infected LVP Anderson doesn't question that his colleague is obviously infected LVP 
gray, generally useless LVP. All every single one of them. <laughs> LVP. <laughs> what about you? Oh my gosh. Well, I I I tried to take it a little more seriously. It was kind of <laughs> difficult because the crew was only three people. Mm-hmm. So I went with Ben as my LVP because as you said, he knew something was up. He had to have known, right? Mm-hmm. And Nathan kept telling him, like, you got to leave me. Um, he's smashing the cameras. And Ben is still like, no, no, no. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and Ben is just not dealing with reality. So I made him my LVP. He could have escaped uh, if he had just grown some a little earlier in the movie, I think. That's fair. That's fair. He was one of my LVPs, so I totally get it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who is your MVP if, if not the crew? If no one on the crew, then <laughs> who's left? DOD goon? <laughs> um, I said the aliens were the MVP, which they do make it onto the ship. So maybe that makes them crew it's members true. in a way. Um, I I gave the aliens MVP. Um not because they were helpful, but only because they spiced up the plot a little bit. I was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to grant it to the aliens because the crew didn't deserve it. (laughs) I do like how the aliens are just rocks. I think that's kind of cool. Like they're so unimposing, you know, like very very easy to bring one in to your ship. Evolutionarily, it's fabulous. I mean, they blend in perfectly with their surroundings and they just can attack people very easily. So um, yeah, they're scuttly little camouflage creatures that um, should not be able to keep up with humans, but somehow are. So good for them. How are there so many of them? What do they eat? What's the what's the uh, food pyramid or the sorry, what's the food chain like on the moon? Who is their predator? Just us? The rover? No way. Because I mean, we didn't even I mean, this movie takes place in 1974 and the moon landing right. was in 69. So <laughs> like, like what is going after these aliens? Yeah, I don't know. they have no natural predators and also no food sources. <laughs> right. It's very interesting. It's incredible. Maybe they just eat each other. <laughs> Um, my MVP was Nathan because I mean, like he's the only one left basically, but also he did realize at some point in between, you know, trying to thwart Ben's return home, uh, that he could not return home, that he was sick and that he needed to be left behind. And he was trying his hardest to get Ben to leave him behind. So I gave it to him. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean... Yeah, there's not a whole lot, a whole lot else to say. <laughs> and that just leaves us with tech. Tech was an interesting one for this one. I thought that the tech, I mean, it's set in the 70s, you know, early space days. And they kept it pretty in that era. Like they didn't try and do, I mean, so many of these movies we watch are like far future. And so it's easier to like pick a favorite or a least favorite because they're just so out there. This one, I just, I appreciated that everything felt pretty legit. I was like, yeah, these things seem reasonable. Like there was, there's nothing that really stood out to me as being particularly bad or good. Yeah. I, and I, and I, tried my hardest 
every time I watch this to to look for something that seemed like, oh, they made it up just for this movie. And I, as I've stated several times this season, I am not an astronaut, so I don't know. I can't tell uh, like these subtle, these subtle little tools that are on screen, whether they're real or not. At first I was thinking, eh, maybe the cameras, because there are quite a lot of cameras, mm-hmm. but I don't actually know how many is too many for NASA. So I moved on to just the secret, the conspiracy theory itself. Mm-hmm. It's not a tech, but I I can't I just can't see our government, any other government on earth being able to keep something like this under wraps. And I don't think they presented the movie in a way that made that any easier to believe Mm -hmm. there's just too much too much going on and and they've also again like brought us brought real things that have actually happened like the moon rock gifts into the fold now into the narrative of this story and that to me just made it even more obvious that this could not possibly be real or kept secret so i'm gonna go with that Mm -hmm. it's a a little weak but it was all I could come up with Uh, yeah this historical one was just like oh yeah you just use what's there and don't try and like jam anything else in and that's the the movie you end up with just kind of boring that's Apollo 18 our our tech choices are maybe a little boring for a boring movie but (sighs) what are we gonna do what a boring episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I did want to correct something I said um, on our Sunshine episode. We had talked about Icarus 1 and 2 and, and why would they rename um, a failed mission after or why would we why would they rename a mission after a failed mission? Yada, yada. And I mentioned that, uh, you know, in a, the Apollo missions, they were they were all named Apollo um, and so I wanted to correct that because that's not actually true. Not every uh, mission to the moon was named Apollo. There was there was some skipping in the numbering. Apollo 4 is the first Apollo named flight after Apollo 1. And then Apollo 7 is the first crewed. It's the first manned mission to the moon after number 1, which failed. Um, Apollo, Apollo one was actually not Apollo one, as it turns out. Um, it, it was designated that later, later on after it it failed and everyone died. Um, and then there were a few other space missions that were sort of part of the, it was part of the program, but, um, they were not named Apollo and, and then it came back around to, to, uh, Apollo 4. So I just wanted to clear that up because I, I didn't want to leave bad information out there. Look up look up the Apollo missions and find out why they're all named Apollo and which ones were and were not. And uh, yeah, there's that. Another like boring fact and boring ending <laughs> to a boring podcast episode about a boring movie. Well, let's close this out with our star rating. <laughs> And hopefully you guys will enjoy next week's episode as much as we did. (laughs) Yeah. High life. 
Um, I give this movie, I give this movie two moon rocks out of five. Like I said, I had to watch it three times to get there, but <laughs> that's where I landed. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie, as you can imagine, one dead cosmonaut out of five. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't deal with it, guys. <laughs> Maybe you can. Maybe I was just particularly biased against this one, but it was not a movie for me. And so yeah. I would not recommend it. I would love to hear from folks who like this movie uh, so you can tell us how how terrible we're being and how wrong we are and I'd like to know why because I just don't see it tell us why we're wrong we'd love to hear it this was not quite dead check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on Instagram at not quite dead podcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at notquitedeadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching.